Here we are again, everyone. Welcome back into the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast. Um, we're back to a little bit more of a regular schedule. We had a long hiatus. We were back last week, and now we're here again. It's me, Taylor. And me, Evan. And we're back here to talk about all the things that are happening in the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League um, as we're kind of wrapping up the, the EPL season and looking forward to the last game week of really what should probably be exciting games, I would think. And it's been an exciting game week this past week, too. Um, Evan, how are you feeling about about soccer in general these days? Um, well, a lot of it is tied to my club, of course. Um, so very stressful. <laughs> um, but I guess just overall, there's a lot of action. Um, so lots of lots of stuff going on lots of stories lots of narratives and um there's just so much to follow and so it's definitely entertaining um from a neutral standpoint this is one of the better seasons i think um, yeah recently so yeah it's just just very entertaining i'm excited to kind of see where everything ends up um i mean at this point in the season sometimes it's there's just really we already know what's going to happen there's not much else going on but um, and, and, and as a result, you can have some very boring, just awful games. Um, yeah. But I'm excited that the rest of the season will have at least a handful of games each game week. That will be very exciting to watch. So, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. I so this was the first week, I think, that the kind of like on the beach element really hit me as a viewer, because typically any game that I'm not, I don't watch live. I try to like watch the extended highlights on YouTube at some point during the week. Um, like I really enjoy yeah. doing that. Even games that, um, you know, I'm not necessarily interested. I, I want to see kind of those highlights. Um, but this week I just looking, looking back at the highlights, I had no desire to watch crystal palace versus Southampton highlights. I had no desire to watch, um, you know, uh, Brighton versus Wolves highlights of uh, these kinds of these kinds of meaningless games, uh, unless I suppose you're you're a supporter. So that was like kind of my viewing experience this week. Was I really enjoyed the little that I got to watch over the weekend, um, and I enjoyed getting to like watch back some of the games. But there are definitely games out there that I have absolutely zero interest in getting involved with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Once those mid tables teams are playing each other, it can either turn very, very boring or uh, a goal fest, which then it is more, more fun to watch the, yeah. the highlights, but gosh, you're, you've got like those teams that you mentioned playing each other, they can end up being just nil nil for the, for all of it. And it's just, they're just not doing anything. Yeah. Not and it, it, it's kind of like compounded by the fact that, I don't tend to have very many players from any of those teams anyway, because towards yeah. the end of the season, as I've mentioned, you know, you want to have players from teams that have something to gain and are kind of like giving, giving something um, in the game. And so I tend not to have <clears throat> any kind of irons in those fires anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And at most you're going to have one, you know, throughout the season, you're never really like doubling and tripling up too much on those teams anyway. So like, yeah, you're gonna move off of them, and then it's just they're they're on the beach. They're 
I would like to see a little bit. Content. I would like to see a little bit of like statistical backing for the idea of being on the beach. Like I'd like. Oh to yeah, see, I'm sure it's I, out there. I would I'm love sure to see an too. athletic article on it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like you know the kind of even like some case study player performances, like you know, uh, you know Wilfred Zaha for instance, his performance yeah. in game week. 25 versus game week 35 or something. I don't know. Just something, I, something like that would be interesting to me. I remember, I remember listening to a podcast that was talking about it either last season or two seasons ago, maybe even longer than that, honestly. But from what I remember, I think the only thing that kind of stuck out to me was that there tend to be more goals. Oh, uh, at this point in the season, just because um, those teams don't really have anything to play for, their defense is just kind of whatever. Yeah, um, they're letting off the gas; they're not as tight back there, and so you'll have teams like Wolves and Southampton and Brighton playing against teams in relegation fight or playing um, teams that are fighting for Europe, and then you know that you can get blowouts there, you know, and that's, I think that's kind of where, um, where, where those big score lines come from sometimes. So, um, yeah, when they just don't care, I think you get more goals and less offensive output from those specific teams. Um, Yeah. So it's just easier for teams like Burnley and Everton to score. It does also feel a little bit, I don't know if you feel this way. Like it feels like the beginning of the season, maybe the first, like, five to eight weeks of the season, like it's totally unpredictable who's going to score from game week to yeah. game week. Like it hasn't like, as you we we're talking about kind of off air more or less, um, like you don't have those kind of like established players yet who you can kind of consistently expect to score. And um, you have kind of people jockeying for those positions. And then you go into the majority of the season where, like there are players you can consistently expect to score. And then towards the end of the season, it seems to kind of regress back to just the kind of wild West where like, you know, Arsenal is scoring two goals and it's like Gabriel and uh, I don't know, Rob holding or whoever scored else scored this this past weekend. And it kind of becomes a free for all again, weirdly. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Especially in the beginning of the season, teams are still trying to gel and, um, yeah, it does feel like there's like, you know, different team selections are trying, still trying to figure out the best 11 for the season. And, um, yeah, you, it is very unpredictable. Um, trying to think of the, if there's any examples, uh, I can't think of anything right now, but yeah, you'll have, you'll have like outliers. Oh, um, was it William that, when did he join Arsenal? Was it the season before this oh, season? Oh gosh. Wow. I think it was the season before, surely. It feels like forever ago. It does feel like forever ago. But uh, I remember when he joined Arsenal um, from Chelsea, and then the first, like, three game weeks, he had, had, like, five assists or something. It was crazy. Um, And then, like, just fell off from there and didn't have anything for the rest of the season. So, Yeah. yeah, it's crazy in the first, you know, like, five game weeks, and then the last, like, five to eight game weeks it's kind of uh yeah it's a wild 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 west out there yeah starring uh will smith and uh owen wilson no idea 
Never seen that. Is that the... I've never seen it, I but he's de- I think Will Smith is in it too. But I, I one year when I was very young, my family went to Universal Studios and uh, we attended a, you know how <laughs> at theme parks, they have those <laughs> like live performances that are like outdoors <laughs> on like a stage with like amphitheater seating. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. There was yes. a Wild Wild West themed one of those that we went and saw. Love that. I don't remember. A Love thing about that. It. I think someone maybe went on a zip tie across or a zip line. Not a zip, zip tie, line. A zip, a zip line. tie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Impressive, actually. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's great. Anyway, um, it's like the Wild Wild West out there. Um, it is. So just to give everyone a sense of what Evan and I are hoping to accomplish today. Um, our big, our big kind of um, idea for today was to do a little bit of predictive work um, about the end of the season and see if we could uh, individually construct what we think that the corporate global fantasy premier league table will look like at the end of game week um, is the last game week is 38, right? Yes. The end of game week 38. Um, and then, uh, compare those and maybe see if we can kind of justify, um, why we think the table will end up in those, in those places, particularly when it comes to some of the the races that are going on towards the middle and the the end of the table. Obviously, um, I would be surprised, Evan, if you did not pick yourself in first place, because I certainly picked you in first place. Uh, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's, Spoiler. And then by way of that, we'll, we'll probably also talk about the big games from this past game week, which um, in case you've been living under a rock, were the Everton-Chelsea game, the Watford-Burnley game. Um, and really, those are the two main ones, I would say. Yeah. I guess Liverpool-Newcastle a little bit. And then Man City-Leeds was interesting, um, but maybe not as consequential. Cool. Uh, so Evan, how do we want to do this? Do we want to like read down our lists and then talk about differences and why we, why we selected people in different places? What do you, what do you think? Hmm. Um, I think maybe go one at a time. Okay. And, um, yeah, I say maybe let's run down our, you run down your list and kind of make your, um, kind of just do like a brief thing of like, Oh, this is why I picked this person to, I guess maybe drop or rise depending on the situation. And then we can come then after we both go over, we can argue. (laughs) Totally. So, yeah. Um, we'll totally do that. Let me pull up these teams really quickly and then I'll go ahead and go. All right. So my teams in order at the end of the season, this is what the table will look like. Guaranteed. Uh, Evan in number one, Wyatt in number two, and Eli in number three. Now, hold on. You're going to need to, you're gonna need to um, clarify which Evan? Uh, <laughs> Evan Estes. I'm not <laughs> okay. predicting the, uh, the underdog of this entry. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> the clarification. That, that would be yeah. a very hot take. That would be an extremely hot take. So, yeah, my top three are Evan Estes, Wyatt Keener, and then Eli Estes. Um, and I think that reflects the current points totals for those three spots. Yep. Uh, fourth place, I have myself. 
really backing <laughs> myself. Uh, fifth yep. place, I have Tim. Uh, in sixth place, I have Rob. Uh, seventh place, I have William. And then eighth and ninth, I have Evan and Jake. And then Reed finishing above Jay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Why don't why so don't you? What are the ones? Evan, why you don't want me you, to go over mine? Why don't you go over yours and then we can then we can kind of compare. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so in first place, I have me, Evan Estes. Um, in second place, I have my brother Eli Estes. Really? Yep. Um, wow. Okay. Yes. In third place, I have Wyatt Keener. In fourth place, I have Tim Griffith. In uh, fifth place, <laughs> in fifth place, I have Taylor Hare. Okay, good. In sixth place, I have Rob. In, in seventh place, I have Spicer. And then the rest of my table looks the same as yours. Evan Hare, then Jake Hare, then Reed, and then Jerry. Gotcha. Wow, I'm I'm very surprised about the Eli Wyatt thing. Um, so maybe let's talk about that first because there's a there's a 45 point spread between them currently. It's a lot to make up. Um, it is a lot to make up. <laughs> so and and we're coming off of a week that Wyatt finished above Eli as well. So from your perspective, what justifies Eli finishing above Wyatt? Uh, yeah, let me pull up those teams and I'll tell you. Cool. Uh, my internet's being a little slow, but yeah, it is a big points gap to make up. Uh, but I mean, we still have three game weeks, one of those being a double, right? Right. So there's still a lot of points to be had. Um, and so just looking at the teams, there's Eli's and why it's his, uh, why it's coming up now um so yeah i mean the problem is there are a lot of similarities between the two teams mm-hmm. um let me do them side by side there's a lot of similarities between the two teams um either they have the exact same player like they both have Cancelo, or they both have salah or they have like similar players like they both have a chelsea defender Mm-hmm. Um, and they both, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it is kind of tough, but I would say the big, um, the big things I'm looking at are starting from the back. Um, Eli has Ederson, whereas Wyatt has a uh, foster and also Sanchez. Yeah. And I think Ederson is definitely a, uh, you know, that one goes to Eli. Yeah. Um, as far as the big name players, they both have Cancelo, Salah, and Son. So those are going to cancel each other out. And TAA um, both on the bench. And, and TAA both. Yeah, they have uh, Trent. So those all are going to cancel each other out. Um, they also both have Ramsey, which is interesting. Um, yeah. And they both have Sokka which is interesting. And they both have Brogia, which is another similarity. And they both yeah. have Dennis. So there's like so many um, that are the same. Um, so I think that when you look at uh, Ederson in that goalkeeper spot, like that's, that's going to eventually catch up to Wyatt, I think. Um, 
another thing that Eli has going for him is um, he has James over Rudiger, which I think is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that if Reese James has at least one more game that, you know, you could easily see him getting a couple assists in a game. Like he's that kind of player. Um, he could easily pop off with like close to 20 points. Um, and that would be huge. Whereas I don't know that Rudiger will necessarily have that in him. Um, and also he's going to be leaving soon. So I don't know how often they're going to play him because they're going to want to, well, I guess they don't really care, do they? Because they're not, because he's leaving on a free. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's hard to, it's I, hard I to know, know how it's hard to know how they'll handle that situation. You know, it's like exactly. I don't. They may not. Another thing to think about is you know they're going to be uh, Tuchel's going to be playing for the future, so they may not want to play him in a spot where they can get one of these younger players or a player that's going to take that role next to get some playing time at the end of the season to kind of yeah. gel before the summer break or anything like that. So you know. Yeah, it, uh, I don't know. I, I think James is there um, for the long haul. Um, and so he's going to be playing, I think, quite a bit. Um, and another thing that I saw was, yes, um, Wyatt did actually outscore Eli this week. Um, but a big part of that was um, Gabrielle from Arsenal had an 11-pointer because he scored. And I just don't, you know, you even mentioned him in your wild, wild west, um, monologue, <laughs> uh, if you want to call it that, but, um, yeah, so I, I don't think that that's, I think that's kind of an outlier and I don't think that that's, you know, if that's where he's making, if that's where he's beating Eli, then I just don't see that continuing. Um, yeah. obviously the, with them being so similar, um, it is going to come down to captaincy, I think, um, I think that's going to play a big part. So they will be able to really, I think Eli can make a lot of ground depending on who he captains. So um, yeah, if he gets that right, then I, 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 I see, I see him barely overtaking Wyatt. It'll be very close if he does. I think it would be very close, Yeah, um, but I think it's possible, but I'm back in my, back in my blood. Yeah. The captaincy thing is particularly interesting because they both have, Salah and Son are the kind of two big attackers that you would normally think of as captaining candidates. Although Saka, I think, in some situations could be that. And then they've got Cancelo, who maybe you would think about captaining in some situations as well, um, on a right. Man City double, for instance. But Or or Trent. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or Trent. But it, it does seem like I think in a lot, like a lot of the consideration will come down to do you captain Son or Captain Salah? on a given yeah. week and um i feel like it's kind of like whoever twitches first from salah yep. is go is going to either like win it for themselves or lose it for themselves with that decision right and it could have been this week you know with son having a, a 19 pointer yeah. <laughs> i mean had eli done that uh it's looking a lot closer and then you're probably thinking well this is kind of up for grabs um, whereas right now, Wyatt, I think, is in the driver's seat. Um, so as long as he uh, kind of plays a little bit of defense, I think he'll hold it out. But I just think that Eli's um, got a little bit more going for him at the moment, just with Ederson and, and Reese James. So, 
Yeah. I, I can uh, I can see that. I think so my my reasoning for picking Wyatt over Eli, kind of taking aside leaving aside the the question of the points difference that currently stands between them, like just based on the teams. Um I think I like Wyatt's pick of backing Arsenal so heavily with his with his players. I think I mean, obviously, you you may have some teams that have better run-ins, but Arsenal has the double this week with Leeds and then the Derby at Tottenham. And then they've got Newcastle and then Everton. And you you would have to think there's goals in all of those games. Um, and sure, it probably means that Gabriel's probably not going to keep that many clean sheets. Um, like, you wouldn't think that there it would be a clean sheet against Tottenham, for instance. Um, and... Uh, probably not against Newcastle either, but um, I like the Odegaard and Saka combo in the midfield. And I like it more, I think, than, you know, uh, kind of, um, I think I like the Odegaard pick a little bit more than Madison, even though Madison has some good fixtures coming up as well. Um, let's see, who do Lester have coming up? Uh, they've got... Uh, Everton, Norwich, Watford, Chelsea. So they've got two double game weeks coming up in 16 and 17. So they've got they've got better fixtures probably. So maybe that's another point in Eli's favor is the Madison extra game. But Madison's so inconsistent that I don't know how much that really counts in your favor. Um, yeah, that's true. And also with them still in Europe, um, I don't know how much league time Madison will get. Right. Whereas Odegaard will probably play um, the majority of those games, him and Saka. And between Odegaard and Saka, you have the penalty taker for Arsenal, I would think. Unless Lacazette plays, um, yeah. which which maybe he does. But if Lacazette doesn't yeah. play, it seems like it's either Odegaard or Saka taking the penalties, hmm. um, which is nice. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I think it'll be definitely fun to watch. Um We'll see what, what kind of moves they make. Um, obviously, this next game week will be huge, I think, um, with this double. So, yeah, I think if Eli's going to make a move, it's going to be – it's probably going to be this game week. Uh, yeah. So so we'll see. Um, cool. So let's maybe talk about the, the next set of teams, the next kind of cache of teams, which are the, the three – of Tim, myself, and then Rob. Um, yeah, because we talk- had because we had Spicer. We both had Spicer in seventh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And we both, I think, we both have Rob in sixth. But I think it's worth talking about. Um, yeah. Him because he's currently sits in fifth, and so it's kind of a um, a bet against the current table in order to put him there. You know. What yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's very, very close between fourth, fifth, and sixth. Yeah. 12 points between the three. That's very tight. Yeah. And I think, so just looking at my team and Tim's team, first of all, the reason why I back myself against Tim, even though I think I'm 20 points behind him currently, is I've like very intentionally over the past couple weeks divested myself of my like reliance on Tottenham assets and Hmm. um, that kind of bit me in the butt this week 
because I got rid of Kulisevsky this week. Um, but part of the reasoning for that was like not cat, like not buying in, not trying to buy into that very unpredictable team too much because they're going to have great game weeks, but they're so unpredictable in a way that even like, I feel like Arsenal isn't like Arsenal is consistently getting goals. They just don't have the kind of like terrible game in them. I don't know. Maybe that's a, maybe that's just recency bias, but um, yeah, I, for whatever reason, I, I feel like Tottenham is a riskier pick than Arsenal. than Arsenal. And so I kind of just kept Harry Kane and got rid of Kulisevsky um, in order to bring in Coutinho who has double game weeks. And so I think, I think my diversity of kind of teams might help me a little bit. Um, but it could also be the undoing of me at the same time. If Tottenham ball out, then I'm toast in comparison to Tim. Yeah. What's interesting is you have one Tottenham asset and zero Arsenal. Yeah. I think that's actually going Which to is, change. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I, I, I think I am going to go from Mount back to Saka um, and then bring in, because I don't have a good third defender currently, and then bring in a, a slightly better third defender, or I'm sorry, fourth defender. Um, yeah, yeah. Bring in a slightly better fourth defender. Yeah, that's probably a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I like I like the momentum that you have, like the moves that you're going to make and kind of what your thinking is. Um, and obviously it's not a huge gap. But... I don't know. I think... I don't know that... While Spurs are unpredictable... As far from a team perspective, Kane and Son are just so good that I think from an FPL standpoint, they will continue to get points regardless of how um, unpredictable Spurs are. And even if they are disappointing, yeah, I, I still think that they're going to score goals, um, even if it's one and Kane and Son assist goal type of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, which happens all the time. So I get what you're, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm wondering if, um, and I don't even mind like dropping Kulisevsky because I think he's been fine, but like moving Kulisevsky onto somebody else is probably a good, probably a good choice, especially if you already had like Kane and Son. Yeah. I think maybe the triple is a lot because um, they are unpredictable and they're not. You know, I don't know. But just Kane and Son are just such solid rocks. They're pretty consistent regardless of how inconsistent the team is. Um, yeah. Of course, they have bad games as well, but it's a lot less often than the rest of the team, I think. Yeah. I think Kulisevsky is such an interesting pick because with him, you're almost like more than most other players and almost any other player I can think of you're playing for assists. Like Kulisevsky's not scoring many goals, yeah. but he's assisting like a madman, right? He's like, I think he got two assists at the weekend. Um, 
and that's like what he does. And so it's kind of interesting. You're playing for a different metric there than you are for most other players, which is kind of interesting. I also love kind of from an aesthetic standpoint or from a like um, kind of personal feeling standpoint, having like all three of an attacking three, right? It's like having Salah, Firmino, and Mane, like when it was those three consistently, that's kind of what you have in like Kulisevsky's son and Kane right now, which is very cool, I think. And it's affordable. Although yeah. next year we'll see if it's if you're going to be able to afford that. I don't know. Yeah, I'll be, it'll be interesting to see what Sun is priced at in particular next season. I think he'll go up. I th- I think he'll go up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just I guess to defend my Tim in fourth place. Um, man, it's really tough. It really is tough. This was like. This was the last thing that I wrote down were these three spots because I figured everything else out and I was like, man, this is challenging. I just think that with your team, I don't know that I love the Coutinho pick or the Brownhill pick. Brownhill obviously paid off and Coutinho has doubles, so it could pay off. But I just don't, I don't know. I don't know that I trust Villa. And I definitely don't trust Burnley yeah. or Brownhill specifically. Um, so with those being starters, I don't know who else you would start above them. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's it's a tad weak there. Yeah. No, totally. And <clears throat> that's a strategy that I've kind of evolved into this season that I don't love, which is basically like kind of min-maxing my team where I've got yeah. like – I have three very expensive players in De Bruyne and Salah and um, Kane. And then I have like expensive defenders in Cancelo. Um, And then I have starters like Brownhill who are like 4.3, I think, or something like that, like just ridiculously cheap. Um, And I I don't know that that's the best strategy, but I've kind of like backed myself into that particular wall or corner, I think at this point. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, if that does end up working, um, I don't know. I, and then with, but with Tim's team specifically, I maybe this is recency bias, but I do think the, the Spurs players are are going to come good. I do, and um, even you know he's with Saka and Mount. I think Mount will be fine. I don't know. I, I mean, I just watched Everton win beat them but um i don't know i I think they just have the capability of scoring and he's uh, he's usually in and around it in and around it so yeah i don't know i think that he's just got i think he's just gonna squeak it out honestly um it's gonna be very very tight the only thing that concerns me a little bit with tim's team is that he doesn't have de bruyne um and if De Bruyne plays, he could have a monster game. Yeah, so, yeah, De Bruyne uh, is so tricky because he's like kind of he's kind of also a rotation risk, right? It's like obviously he didn't play this week, and that could be the case another game coming up. So that worries me a lot about him. Yeah, that's the other thing I was thinking of was even though he doesn't have De Bruyne or Salah, I don't know that it's going to matter with only three weeks left. 
Um, I don't know how often they're going to play because both teams are so focused on Champions League. Yeah. So I think he might actually kind of luck out by going with those Spurs players that are going to play 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, I toyed with the idea of moving from De Bruyne to Sun this week, too. That was another thing that crossed my mind. Mm. So so let me ask you let me ask you this question. If, like, just, re, you know, regardless of price, would you yeah. rather have De Bruyne or Sun right now on your team? Oh, man. Oh, that's so tough, man. That is so tough. Um I think I would probably have De Bruyne if I had to pick personally. I would pick De Bruyne. Yeah. Just because I don't know. I don't know. It. I I know the arguments for both. You know, yeah. I know the arguments for both, and I think I would still pick De Bruyne just because. Um. I don't know. There. City are going to be playing fiercely for the last few game weeks. And I think De Bruyne is going to get a lot of points. So yeah, and uh, if have, he plays, he, I think if he plays, he will get points. And you have the benefit of him taking a lot of set pieces and sometimes penalties as well, too. Yeah, I think I would, I think I would pick De Bruyne, but, and it's that, that's a very tough call. Yeah, I think that if if I end up passing Tim, it will be because De Bruyne, you know, has a really yeah. good last couple of weeks. Exactly, exactly. So, oh man, that's very very tough. But we both have Robin sixth. Yeah, and I think so. This is something that I think could very easily happen: is I move down to sixth, and if it happens, I can almost guarantee you that it will be because. James Ward effing Prowse. <laughs> I mean, that, man's yeah. gonna, that man is going to send me into sixth place because um, yeah, he, might. he, both Tim and uh, Rob have him. And he's yeah. just like the kind of player who could like score a ginormous number of points in a meaningless game. Because he's going to have a free kick. And, then, yeah. and he's going to take penalties and yeah, and he'll get an assist from a corner and it's just going to be like the end of me. It could totally happen. Yeah, he could eat because he had five points this week. He could even put he could put up another five or six points each week, and it wouldn't surprise me because teams are just like not even playing, depending on who they're playing. I, don't, I haven't looked at their fixtures, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I would worry too much though, just because they are like safe mid table. I don't, but it will be something stupid like that where he's like. He's gonna have, he's gonna have an assist every game, every game for the rest of the season because he's like on so many free kicks and stuff. Yeah, I and I think I think to defend <laughs> to defend Rob, so the like it. I think that the hardest decision, one of the hardest decisions for me was thinking about whether Rob would end up in fifth or sixth or even fourth because. It's hard. I think it's a little bit hard to judge because his last game week was so poor due to people being subbed out. Um, so, like De Bruyne not playing really hurt him, um, as well as Trent Alexander Arnold not playing, and then Johnny getting zero points because they got beat by 
pretty badly by Brighton. So that's something to consider is that like a lot of his poor points totals from this week were due to players being rotated. Um, and I don't have Trent Alexander-Arnold on my team, and that could be something that really bites me in the butt, in addition to not having someone like James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, that's very true. He also has Ederson as well, interestingly. Yeah, back in the city um, city defense, um, which yeah. y'all both have. Oh, well, you have, you have double city D. Yeah. I, have I think that is. I think. I think that is what kind of will put you over though is Cancelo over Ederson, just because of the attack. And if he gets, you know, he could easily get an assist or two to close out the season. Yeah, and, and neither you know, neither Tim neither Tim nor Rob have Cancelo, so that I'm really hoping that that is the case. Yeah. Huh. Man. Fascinating. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the last two teams? So um, I think we all, we have the same teams for um, seventh through ninth place and then 10th and 11th. Um, we have the oh, same. We have the same, we have the same yeah. but I think it's worth talking about because they're pretty close to one another in, in points totals. Reed and, sure. Reed and Jay. Well, do we want to talk about why we don't think Spicer is going to be in the mix? Because sure. he is only like 30 points back. Um, it's interesting that we both, we can just briefly touch on it and then move on to the final matchup. But um, yeah, I'm pulling up his team right now. But why did you not Why did you not think that Spicer is going to be in the mix? Do you think it's just too, too little too late for him at this point? I think, it, yeah, I think it was a little too little too late. And I think I, I kind of see him making a lot of like um, sort of like valiant efforts to um, to get differentials on people, which I think is a wise decision at the end of the season. Like, you know, with Joel Linton, Dewsbury Hall, Gordon, Connor Cody, even Ben Davies. There's a lot of players in here that other players in our other teams in our league don't have. Um, and I think that's great. But I think that those particular players haven't been haven't uh, worked out for him, and obviously some of them are only in because De Bruyne and Alexander Arnold didn't play. But um, yeah, and his uh, you know his backing of Pookie over the course of the season is admirable, but I'm not sure that it was the wisest decision overall. Yeah, um, yeah, his front line just doesn't look great, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I'm the first person in the world to admit the appeal of Joel Linton. Like, I I want him to be a worthwhile fantasy asset so bad because I, I over the past year, I've just loved his transformation as a player. But it's it's just not the road you want to go down, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think with with those three forwards, what are they playing for? Nothing right now. That yeah. I don't think they have goals in them right now. Like it's just not not great. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely that's a, that's kind of why I picked it as well. Just because he doesn't have he had yeah he just has so many like kind of wild cards that are not really. Um, oh, I don't wow. think they're going to pan out at all. So. And Newcastle, New, Newcastle have, might have one of the hardest run-ins of any team too because they've got three teams who have everything to play for. They have 
Manchester City, Arsenal, and uh-huh. Burnley. Yeah, I, it, I could easily see them just losing every single one of those games. Yeah, I mean they're better. They're definitely a better team than Burnley, but I could see them losing that game on the last the last game, the last game week. Totally. Yeah. Definitely. Well, it depends on if Burnley is safe by that point. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Here's hoping not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I don't want Evan. I don't want Everton to be relegated at all. I know. I, know, I hope I know, that's I clear. You no, know, it's very clear. I don't think anyone in our league wants Everton to go down. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, so my just my very rapid assessment because I don't think we need to spend too much time on um, Jay and Reed's teams because we did agree on them. My rapid assessment of why Jay's team won't beat Reed's team is two Wolves players and Hoiberg, basically. <laughs> it's like you've got the wrong other Tottenham player. Just get Kulisevsky or Ben Davies or someone like that. Um, I just don't yeah. think Hoiberg is, again, kind of with Spicer and Pookie, love the commitment. I love him as a player. I like the style of play, but as a yeah. fantasy asset, I think you're asking for a bit too much from him. Yeah, and I think uh, Reed's, um, Reed's back line is just so solid with Rudiger, James, Cancelo, and Robertson. Yeah. He's going to get so many points from there. Um, I, I think that'll just kind of put him over the top. And honestly, with Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo will probably have a couple more goals yeah. in him. So. Huge uh, differential yeah, for anyone who wants him. Yeah, totally. Um, although I just read that um, that was their last home game of the season. Oh, for really? United. Yeah. Oh, because they, they have, have a, uh, they have a blank, don't they? Yeah, they have how many more games? Two. They've got Brighton and Crystal Palace. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's a uh, that's very interesting. Like. Um, but you could see him scoring in both of those games. Easy. Yeah, totally. Totally. I just hope uh, Reed subs in Madison. I would, I think Reed should sub in Madison this week, even though there's the rotation risk. Well, he usually is subbed in. I think uh, Fabian Delph came in for oh, okay. Fabian Delph. <laughs> I can't believe anyone has Fabian Delph. That's very funny. Well, um, he, only, he only costs like four point. Two. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's somebody, like one of those like he's like one of those like first or second on the bench. Like you know he's gonna get play. Well, you don't always know he's gonna play, but now that he's fit, um, he's been playing. Um, so I know why he did it. It's just very funny that 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 he has because that's like a very a, a slot. You know, that's like it doesn't matter who it is. It's yeah. like a very specific slot. Like Basuma was that is that person? Like someone that's gonna play every single game. Like. And it's funny that uh, Fabian Delph fits that. <laughs> I will say about Fabian Delph, I I had not seen a picture of Fabian Delph until very recently, and I thought he was like a very tall, slender Italian man. Just from no. from the name, that's what I thought he that's what I thought he would look like. <laughs> Fabian Delph, like uh, like Fabio Silva, basically, for uh, for uh, yeah. Wolves. No, he's. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about him. He's kind of a meme, in a way. <laughs> Is he really? I don't know. I don't know the discourse. Yeah, he's kind of a meme. He's he's like 
Darren, so we bought him because we basically bought him because uh, he looked like one of the vocal leaders in the dressing room when uh, in that city Man City documentary when they like won uh, several titles in a row, um, and so um, so like he was apparently part of that and like was quote unquote leader, and so we bought him and like he's just been. You, he's like trying he's like trying to be that but he's not and it's just it comes across as like loud and obnoxious and sometimes that's what we need and then other times it's just you're you're just being an idiot you're gonna get a red card please stop just yelling and and he never looks happy he's they even like were mentioning mentioning that in the scenes leading up to the Chelsea game um, on the team bus Alex Awobi had like a Snapchat or an Instagram video of all of the like flares and stuff outside as they were coming into the ground. And apparently like everyone was like getting pumped up for it or was like, they were kind of like feeling the emotion of it. And Fabian Delph was just like stone faced the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, he's kind of a meme. Wow. I mean, that Everton yeah. game was wild. Like gosh, yeah. The oh Richarlison, when Richarlison scored, unbelievable just amazing and then he picks up the flare and throws it into the crowd <laughs> incredible what just, a, what a great move man I mean, I know yeah, he, although he's getting investigated for it yeah i know but it's like who cares who cares i mean yeah like it was so worth it whenever he yeah. gets fined you know he man what i mean do we want to talk about that game I don't, I don't yeah know talk about it we've been going but talk about it because because Man. both both Burnley and Everton had like very exciting games that involved like incredible crown scenes. Um, yeah, and it's just, and you it's can talk about the Burnley Watford one. I, I yeah, I just want to say it's like everything you want from a race to stay out of relegation. It's like there's a desperation in those kinds of celebratory moods that is just not there at the top of the table. Yeah, it gives for sure. it an edge, and you don't, and you don't always, you don't always get it either, because sometimes the race is the race is over by now, yeah. And so you're not getting these last chance like where teams actually feel that they can get out. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, at this point, it feels like Everton and Burnley have the momentum, and Leeds might go down. Yeah, which is kind I of mean, wild. Purely know? based on momentum, I think you would say that. Which is such a yeah, shame. I um, really don't want that to happen. I know. I know. I want Burnley to go down so bad. I think also, most people would say that. Yeah. I think from a track record but without standpoint. without Sean Dyche, I don't know. Yeah. From a track record standpoint, I would say I want Burnley to go down. But Burnley are definitely like fun to watch over the last two weeks because they are like really going at it. Yeah, but are they going to do that game week eight next season? No, <laughs> they're going to be awful. They're going to be so bad. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I would much, yeah, I'd much rather have obviously Everton and then a Jesse Marsh uh, Leeds team in it yeah. over whoever's managing Burnley. But man, the yeah, that Everton game was wow. Like it was, it was a lot to take in. I think um, this is the mo- that. I mean, it's like the last few games have been what Everton fans have been wanting for so long. Hmm. Just we don't care how it happens or how well you play. 
all we ask is that you give it everything you have. And we usually only have like two or three players max every game that does that. Richarlison always does it. Um, most of the time Pickford does it. He's just kind of, he's a wild card. So yeah. he's always trying. He's just kind of a wild card as to whether or not he performs. Um, but Richarlison has always given it his all. And um, Anthony Gordon is is one of those as well. And so you only have like a handful of players that are really, really going at it. And this, the last couple of game weeks, you've really seen everyone step up and they're just throwing themselves all over the place to try to do anything they can. And so, yeah, it was really nice and refreshing to like kind of feel that because I didn't really think they had it in them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice. And I, I w- I've been thinking about this a lot lately. If Benitez was still our manager, I don't think we would be doing this because he couldn't appeal to the like emotional side of things in the same way. Yeah. There. Yeah. I think he had, I think, I don't know if he had lost the dressing room, but I just don't think they would be up for like, I don't think the players, I don't think he could have done enough to get the players to be on this level. And I definitely don't think the fans would have done what they're doing to also help get the players on this level. Cause they didn't back him. So yeah, I think just the fact that it's not Benitez there has helped a lot. Um, but, I mean, got to give credit where it's due. I think Frank Lampard has done pretty well. Um, I think it took a few weeks for him to figure it out, but now that he's kind of got a game plan in mind, um, I think if we continue this throughout the season, I think there's like a decent chance we stay up. Um, I We're still very much in the thick of it, but it's very possible. Um, it's yeah. very possible. So I think, I think this, this game gave me hope, which is a dangerous thing to have, but um, at least for now I'm feeling like it can be done. So that's nice. Yeah. I think I don't I think you're totally right about Frank Lampard. Where I worry with him is like, you know, game week seventeen next season where right. where it's much more about tactics and team selection and the long haul as opposed to a like you know the kind of at this point in the season managing Everton or managing any team unless you're like Man City or at the at the upper echelons is about like kind of emotional and like player management and stuff like that that's like more so than it seems to me than like defining a new system or something like that and that's, I think, where Frank Lampard flourishes. And so where I'm still interested to see if he succeeds is in the kind of, like, doldrums of the of the season, if he can put things together consistently enough to keep them out of the relegation zone next season. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, but, I, I mean, there is nobody supporting Everton that's even thinking about next season as far as, like, what's yeah. happening, you know? It's, yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's it's all we can do to like think about the next game. You know, it's like that's literally okay. We have another game. How are we going to win? <laughs> what are we going to do? Who are we playing against? Just constantly analyze, just like going into the details of each game one at a time, and it's exhausting. But yeah, yeah, I mean, nobody's thinking about <laughs> nobody's. All we want is just to get out of this, and we'll 
it literally we'll figure it out. If we'll have a whole new season next season, if we can get out of this, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll hopefully, you know, do something over the summer that will maybe help a little bit, but Oh man. Yeah. It's going to be intense. It's going to be very intense. And I don't love that. It's going to go down to the very last day, but it looks like it might against and, Arsenal. I know. Oh, I know. That's, I, I hope that's that leads. So I hope that I hope that leads. I hope either leads or Burnley do us a favor and, and like lose the next lose like the rest of their games, and that way we can um, kind of make up ground somehow. Um, yeah. I mean, Leeds have overtake. Leeds have Arsenal and Chelsea, and it's hard to imagine them winning either of those two games. And then I think yeah. they have like Brighton and Brentford, maybe. Um, yeah, Brighton and Brentford, it's the last two games, which they could win because neither of those teams have anything to play for. But um, Exactly. Yeah. Whew. Oh, man. Exciting. Exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's really, to me, there's really nothing like the kind of like edge of desperation in, in those kinds of games. It's just like yeah. every, every, it's like the best that the Premier League has to offer really is those games, I think. Yeah. I will say the, the the joy of winning that game or like i i can't imagine what i'm what i'm gonna feel and and what everton supporters and players are gonna feel if we do cross the line and we make it over and we and we survive like the end of that game where because we will most likely have to either draw or win um is is the last game is the last game at home or not do you know no, I think it's at Arsenal, so that's okay. not good. Interesting. Um, yeah. So just I can't even imagine the the emotion of that last game, and if we whatever we if we get a result to survive, like that would be the it would be one of the best feelings I think. Um, <laughs> it would be. I mean, obviously, I would much rather them like be winning a trophy, even just like an FA Cup type of thing, you know. Um, or even just getting into to Europe would be amazing, even the Conference League. But I don't know. That it's. I think the emotion of it. I think this will this will be a stronger emotion than getting into Europe. Honestly. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Whew. Lots to look forward to, and we've got the North London Derby this weekend, which is going to Ooh. be awesome. Well, uh, do we want to wrap up with uh, the uh, Corporate Global Cup? Oh yeah, tell us about the Corporate Global Cup, Evan. So the the um, as you all know, the corporate well, actually you don't know um, unless you've looked at it. But the Corporate Global Cup has started. It started game week thirty five, um, and so based on your game week thirty four score, some teams had a buy just because we have uh, just because of the number of. It starts based off of the number of games, so that way by game week thirty eight we have a winner. Um, and so several teams had a bye, but we did have a few matchups. Um, it's the round of 16, technically. Um, and so, yeah, um, basically teams are going head-to-head. Whoever gets the most points moves on. Um, and I don't know how they choose, how it chooses. It might just be random um, how it chooses who you go up against. Um, but, yeah, so uh, take a look at that if you're interested. Um, we did have three games and it looks like um we have our winners here as well 
So um, I'll I'll just run down these real quick. Um, we had Spicer facing off against Wyatt, um, and it looks like Wyatt has taken that pretty handily. Um, we also had Rob versus Taylor, um, and Taylor took that fairly handily. Um, and then we had a, a pretty a pretty close one between, um, well, it ended up being fairly close, between Jake and Evan, um, and it looks like Jake has inched that one out, right? So we've got Wyatt, Taylor, and Jake moving on, um, and then we've still got Eli, Jay, me, Reed, and Tim, who all had buys. So we're moving on to the round of uh, eight, so keep an eye on that. We'll see who the winner is. Um, this is, I'm glad we're doing this because this is a fun thing to do because um, you never know who could win. It depends on the matchups, depends on the week. You might have a bad week. Like I, I might get knocked out next next week. So yeah, know. it'll be it'll be nice to have this to celebrate. Um, in addition to you know the kind of league title that is up for grabs. Um, although it would yep. be wild if you won the double, the first ever corporate the global, corporate global double. Really double. <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see i'm feeling pretty good about this coming week oh yeah so, yeah i'm gonna wow. be playing a bench boost so if you get if you get drawn me you better have a bench boost as well because daddy's of, coming <laughs> i don't have a bench boost but i think i have i like every single one of my starters has a double game week this week so i wow. would be i would be very interested to uh to go up against you in that situation <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, I totally forgot that I even had a bench boost until I looked at it recently. <laughs> like, oh, I nice. need to play this. And then I Glad saw that there was doubles. I was like, okay, I'll just play it. Next. Glad you realized. All right. Well, I think that's it for us, Evan. Anything else you wanted to mention? Oh, I don't think so, man. It was uh, very good to, to get on here with you, though. Yeah, totally. Nice to get back to a little bit more of a regular schedule. Um, Listeners, it's been good to talk to you, um, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.